You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining us. State lawmakers are gearing up to pass some controversial bills during their lame duck session. That's the time between an election and the end of the year when many lawmakers no longer face another election for their seats. Some bills then pop up out of nowhere. Others finally get the support they need after years of political wrangling in Lansing. One piece of legislation in the latter category may be the bills to overhaul the state's energy policy and deal with the shutting down of coal plants here in Michigan. A little later, we're going to talk with the CEO of DT Energy, DTE Energy. Uh, he supports the legislation, but my guest now uh, opposes that legislation. Uh, Gary Glenn is a state rep. A Republican state rep. Gary, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. Absolutely. Uh, so f- let's start off with where these bills stand right now, Monday morning, uh, December 5th. Uh, what's what's the status of them? I've heard rumors that we're going to talk about it on Tuesday tomorrow in a caucus again for the second time. We had a fairly lengthy caucus last Wednesday in which they were discussed, and then supposedly there may be a vote on Wednesday of this week, or an attempted vote. Okay. Uh, And you stand in opposition to these bills. Tell me why. Well, let me give you a little bit of history. Back in 2000, Governor John Engler uh, persuaded the legislature to adopt a change in the law to allow all Michigan electricity users to choose freely in the marketplace where they wanted to buy their electricity. Uh, from 2000 to 2008, everybody, industrial, commercial, residential, could choose DTE, consumers, or some other alternative provider. Uh, in 2008, Governor Granholm, obviously a Democrat, and a Democrat House of Representatives and a Republican state Senate passed uh, new legislation basically on this deal from the utilities. They said, if you'll give us a 90% guarantee of market share, because that's what we're telling you we need, uh, in order to build new plants uh, to refurbish and renew Michigan's electricity supply. Uh, that's what we'll do. You give us a 90% share of market guarantee and we'll build new plants. Uh, in retrospect, it's hard for me to understand why my predecessors uh, in the legislature did that and took the freedom to choose away from 90% of the people and, and the users in the state. They capped the number of uh, users who could continue to freely choose where to buy their electricity at 10% of the entire supply of electricity generated in Michigan. Right. And so you have, for example, over 300 school districts across the state who have chosen an alternative supplier of electricity because it's cheaper. Uh, Clarkston Public Schools testified before the House Energy Policy Committee early last year that they saved $350,000 a year by buying electricity from somebody other than DTE, and they told us, if you take away that choice, then we'll have to lay off five teachers. And I'm opposed to the legislation, uh, along with about 120 other groups, the Catholic Diocese of Detroit, uh, many of the MEA affiliates across the state, uh, the Steel Workers Union uh, from U.S. Steel Plants uh, in Michigan, and large corporations across the state that are on electricity choice, because we think the intent of the legislation is, in fact, to choke off electricity choice. Uh, By the way, that 2000 to 2008 period is the last time Michigan's electricity rates were lower than the national average. 
which is some, to somebody who believes in uh, the free market principle that competition and consumer choice will bring down prices, that's not surprising. I'm concerned that this legislation will drive the cost of electricity up even further. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I've heard, though, from people who support this idea uh, of, of you know, reserving a, a, a big part of the market for uh, the people who actually generate the, uh, you know, generate the energy and take the risk of building new plants is well why if you want to if you want to open up the market to everyone else why shouldn't those other providers who are not generating the electricity but sort of buying it uh, and trying to resell it at a, at a lower cost why shouldn't they be asked to take that risk as well i mean if if you're going to invest in something like a power plant which is extremely expensive and uh, that you uh, hope to you know to pay for over many decades, of course, you have to be able to count on um, uh, on customers. Uh, why shouldn't the other people who want to do that also have to take that risk? Well, I would point out uh, a couple of things. Number one, the power companies don't give away the excess energy that they generate. They sell it into the market. And that's where the alternative providers buy it. So it's not like the utilities are not being compensated for the extra electricity they generate. And number two, it's as if, those who argue that, it's as if they think we can't look across the state line to the state of Ohio, where there is no guarantee of market share. And right now, the last figure I heard is there are seven new plants being built in Ohio in an open market where no utility has a guarantee of market share, where every user is free to choose, and yet people seem to want to invest in the Ohio energy market, open market, whereas in Michigan, even though they have a 90% guarantee of marketplace, the utilities haven't built a new plant in Michigan since 1985. The only new plant in Michigan I'm aware of was in uh, the northern part of the lower peninsula built by Wolverine Power, which is one of the alternative energy suppliers. So I don't uh, buy the notion that uh, you ought to force other people to pay for the investment that you've freely chosen to make, especially when you make money, when you sell the excess energy in the marketplace, allowing alternative suppliers to buy it and then sell it, resell it uh, cheaper than uh, than you're able to do. Right. Uh, I, I think we ought I mean, I think the ideal situation would be go back to the Angler model of allowing all electricity buyers in Michigan to choose where they want to buy their electricity. Right. And and right now that's restricted uh, to, to uh, not just 10 percent. But for for example, most consumers, uh, you know, can't can't go choose another power company. Is that right? That's that's correct. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is uh, Gary Glenn. He is a state rep from Midland. Uh, we are talking about energy proposals in the lame duck session in Lansing, uh, maybe coming up for a vote soon. The, the idea of releasing uh, the markets here to more competition or restricting uh, the competition of those markets is what is at stake. Uh, if you want to 
call and uh, participate in the conversation. Uh, let us know what you think about the idea of competition versus uh uh, market control in energy, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook, the WDET Facebook page. Put your comments there. Or go to Twitter and uh, hashtag Detroit Today. Uh, we'll work your comments into the conversation. Um, uh, Gary, uh, uh, talk about... Um, uh, you you said that you were surprised that anyone went along with the the, the reforms of the late uh, I guess it was late 1990s wasn't it um, 2000 uh, 2008 what would you have preferred to see them do then as as opposed to what they did leave it alone <laughs> from 2000 to 2008 everybody in Michigan was free to choose where they buy their electricity and prices were below the national average uh, when we locked up 90% of the market uh, and guaranteed it to a duopoly, DTE, and consumers, prices have only gone up. Uh, we're now uh, 12th, 13th, 14th in the nation, depending on whether it's residential, commercial, or industrial. We're the highest in the Midwest. Um, Hillsdale University did a study in which they found out we're not only the most expensive, but the least reliable system. Uh, and you ask uh, to, to start off why I oppose the legislation. There are two additional elements, one of which is uh, a primary concern to the Democrats in the House of Representatives, the other to the Republicans. The, the, I share the Democrats' opposition to an element which puts basically uh, along the same theory as we discussed a minute ago, <clears throat> puts a new use tax on anybody who chooses to buy solar shingles for their rooftop. Right. I mean, the one consistent thing about all of these bills back to utilities is it, you know, prohibit any, even the tiniest bit of competition. Because if you buy solar shingles and put them on your roof, the utilities started out, follow this, they started out saying that if you bought shingles for your roof for your own use, that you ought to have to sell the electricity you generated off your own roof to the utility at wholesale and then buy it back at retail from the utility even to run your own air conditioner. <laughs> well, obviously that would remove most of the incentive for putting solar shingles on your roof. Uh, there was enough resistance to that that the current legislation that's before us simply imposes a use tax on anybody who wants to put shingles on their roof right. so that you have to pay your quote-unquote fair share of, of the upgrade of the, of the upgrade of the entire grid across the state of Michigan because you want to have solar shingles on your roof. Right. Democrats are opposed to that. I think it disincentivizes, removes any financial incentive to invest in green energy on your roof. And on the other hand, the Republicans don't like the part of the Senate bill that them, that takes the mandate in the Granholm legislation of 2008, which mandated that 10% of all electricity generated in Michigan must be from solar and wind and other renewable resources, and increases it by 50% from 10% mandate to 15% mandate. In other words, we don't want anybody else investing in solar. We want it all in our hands, that being the utilities. <laughs> so, so Republicans are opposed uh, largely to one element of the Senate legislation, Democrats to the other. Uh, I agree with both objections, and those are two additional reasons that I oppose this legislation. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, what about the idea of renewable uh, more generally? Do you think uh, we ought to have legislation to expand uh, you know, the percentage of power that we generate through renewable sources here? Most Republican legislators, including myself, do not support the government passing a law to mandate it. But I do not support also passing laws like this one to restrict that or de-incentivize people to invest in renewable energy. I think in the ideal, we ought to move in the direction of a, a more diverse market. If you want a secure and, and less expensive market, then it ought to be diverse and competitive. Uh, most people, when they put solar shingles on their roof, aren't thinking in these, in these terms of, of being a prepper, so to speak. But if anything ever happened to the grid, you would think we would want as many Michigan residents as possible to have some self-sufficient supply of electricity available to them. be great. And I'm, I'm confident that someday technology will take us to a point where every home will be able uh, to have that. In fact, I saw where uh, Elon Musk announced a couple of weeks ago that he was going to start producing a solar shingle that is cheaper than regular shingles, not counting the electricity that it generates. Yeah. Uh, Tesla, I believe, more recently has said they're going to develop a battery for use in your home where you could store up electricity for up to a week. So the other thing about having an open and diverse and competitive market is I think it stimulates technological innovation. You know, we owe the two major utilities in Michigan a great debt of gratitude for having very effectively delivered electricity for the last century on a century-old model. But technology is going to change the way electricity is generated and how it's transmitted, delivered to our homes, or whether we generate it at our homes and at, at uh, various business places. And I think we're in a period of transition, and the two major utilities are trying to claw to hang on to that old model of delivery, the old technological model and the old business model. Okay. And I just think we ought to have a competitive and diverse energy market because you know, it's something we observe in every other aspect of our lives economically, is that if you have one grocery store in town and you have to shop there, they have no incentive to keep the produce yeah. fresh. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure the, the uh, I'm not the sure the analogy low. holds for something like energy, but but I do appreciate I do appreciate the the, the point of view that that, that you're that you're advancing here. Uh, Representative Gary Glenn of Midland, thanks very much for being with us on Detroit Thank you, today. Stephen. Absolutely. Uh, I want to bring someone else into the conversation now, the opposite side of uh, this debate. Jerry Anderson is the CEO of DT Energy here in the city of Detroit. Jerry, welcome to Detroit Today. Well, thank you for having me, Stephen. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, you are supporting the legislation uh, that is making its way through the legislature here in the lame duck session. Uh, tell me why. Well, that legislation was passed out of the Senate uh, after a lot of debate and careful consideration. And I might say with a significant majority of Republicans and Democrats, so it's a, a bipartisan piece of legislation, but heavily supported by Republicans, including, uh, by the way, the most senior leadership uh, of the Republicans in the Senate. And it needs to be acted on by the House, uh, because if it's not, it's putting our state at risk of power shortages. And let me just spend a minute to Yeah, I was going to say, explain that. You, you and I have had this conversation before, but explain for the listeners this idea of generation and uh, uh, cost and how that could end up uh, with a shortage for us. So over the next five years, we will retire power generating units in large numbers in Michigan. Uh, we retired three units back in April. 
we will retire eight more by the early 2020s. Consumers Energy is doing the very same thing as our companies like us across the Midwest. And there are a number of reasons that this is happening, but first and foremost is age. Uh, these plants are all 60-plus years old and will be approaching 70 by the early 2020s, and they are becoming very expensive to run. They're a lot like an old car. You simply reach a point in their lives where it makes time or it makes sense uh, to move on. Right. Uh, the second is the economics of the alternatives. So natural gas, which used to be expensive, has become much cheaper in this country uh, due to production from shale. Wind, which used to be expensive, has become a lot cheaper. Those are the two sources that would be used to replace these units. These are mostly old coal-fired units. Uh, and so pure economics uh, say let's move in this direction. And then third is that each of these older units faces environmental regulations that would be costly to comply with. And I'd emphasize these are existing air and water regulations that have been on the books for some time. And uh, they aren't going to change. They aren't going to be repealed, for example, in a new administration. And so we face significant investments in each of these units. Yeah. I've sometimes asked whether uh, President-elect Trump's move in is going to change all of this calculus. And the answer is a straightforward no. So, so uh, talk about uh, we had Representative Gary Glenn on uh, just before you, and he mm-hmm. was talking about how uh, the competition for energy is one of the things that would lower the cost to consumers. Your side of that equation is that you have to invest in these power generation uh, facilities, the uh, power plants, in order uh, to make sure we have enough power, and you need to make sure you have customers. Uh, to be able to pay for that. Um, why is he not right, though, that you, you are um, you're selling electricity to these other providers anyway, that, that you wouldn't be losing money uh, by allowing other people into the market? So here's the way it really works. Uh, our state, uh, by law, allows 10% of the market to be supplied by what are known as alternative suppliers. These are generally, I'd say dominantly, marketers, uh, out-of-state energy traders. These marketers don't build their own power plants. Uh, Their model is to buy excess power in a broad regional grid when it's available, and they resell it. So in large part, they're buying power, it's true, uh, from us and reselling it to our customers. Now, if you look at what's happening currently, uh, in the wake of the Great Recession of 2009 and 10, uh, a lot of electric demand was lost, and there was excess electric supply. We built capacity to maintain reliability for the pre-2009 economy, and then a lot of load was lost in the recession. So there was excess supply available. Those marketers bought it up, and when something is excess, it's cheap, right? Right. Like anything else, if if you got more than you need of something, the price goes down. So they're buying from us our excess at a lower price and reselling it uh, to 10% of the customer base in Michigan. But that excess is going away. And the risk is that it not only goes away, uh, but is gone in Michigan and everywhere else in the Midwest, and we don't have the power we need. 10% of our customers don't have the supply we need. And so this legislation doesn't ask that 
that that ability to have 10% of the market supplied by others go away, that's maintained explicitly. But what it does say is that these alternative suppliers need to do their part to ensure that the state reliability is upheld. And there's a simple requirement that they have to have two to three years of firm supply under contract. In order to participate. In order to participate so that the state doesn't get surprised and find out at the end of a year that the marketers can't contract for the next year and are picking, pulling up stakes and leaving the state leaving the state 10% short. Right. Um, uh, one of the other things that Representative Glenn talked about, though, is, is this analogy to the idea that in any market, if you have one provider, the cost to the consumer is likely to be higher. His, his example was a grocery store. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's only one grocery store in my town, I have no choice but to pay what they say the, is the going price for a gallon of milk. Um, why isn't that the same? Why can't we use that same argument to, to sort of shape the energy market here in the state of Michigan? I just point people to the facts. Uh, the, the country began to experiment with deregulation of electricity back in the late 1990s. So we have uh, approaching 20 years of experience. And over that time frame, uh, consistently, the deregulated states have been 25% higher in price on average than the regulated states. That's just fact. Anybody can go to government databases and see the numbers. So anybody who says deregulated states are a real engine for lower prices faces those numbers, that the prices in deregulated states are actually 25% higher. So I, I, I would ask anyone who suggests that this is sort of a panacea for prices to, to deal with that reality. The other thing I would say is that prices in Michigan uh, get talked about a lot. Uh, one thing I will say is for residential customers, the bottom line is the bills. And the electric bills for Michigan customers, residential customers, are in the bottom 25% of the nation. Now, it is also true that our electric rates for residential customers tend to be toward the high end. You say, well, how can that be? How can our rates be high and our bills low? The answer is we don't use very much energy. We right. don't use very much We're electricity leaving in a Michigan. Lot. Yeah. And right. so the two actually go together. And our business rates are below average okay. in the nation. All right. Uh, Jerry, I would love to continue this conversation, of course, but uh, we're out of time. So thank you very much for joining us. On the yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. It's important. I hope the, uh, the House does its duty and works on this legislation. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET Detroit, Wayne State's public radio station. See you tomorrow.